Hello everyone, this is Joe with Keeping Up With Joe, and today we are going to be talking about Harry Potter in honor of Back to Hogwarts Day happening September 1st. So Harry Potter obviously is one of our favorite topics on Keeping Up With Joe, and today we're going to be talking about some of the key things from the first three books. We're also going to be talking about the difference between how we feel about these books, reading them as adults versus when we were kids, so that should be really exciting for you to listen in on. We also have one big update to share with you, which is that Michaela Loomis, you might know her by Loomis, which is what I usually call her, is now a dedicated co-host for Keeping Up With Joe. So you'll be hearing from the both of us talking about some of ours and your favorite topics moving forward. So if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to Keeping Up With Joe on your favorite podcast player and stay tuned for the next exciting season of Keeping Up With Joe. You're now uh, an official co-host of Keeping Up With Joe, as per the website says. <laughs> yeah, so. I was going to say, did you want to do like a, well, like I don't know, like a congratulations. I don't know. You know what it feels like? Is it, it feels like when you're, um, when you're not that we're dating, but when you're dating somebody and then like nobody wants to like say that you're you're dating. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh no, we're just friends. <laughs> I kind of feel like that's what happened with this because it was like, we pretty much have, I haven't really been recording with anybody else. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, hey, do you want to be a co-host? You know? <laughs> yep that's yep that's exactly what happened that's hilarious yeah so how does it feel are you excited um yeah i i am excited i mean we get to talk about things that are fun and it kind of like gives me an excuse now to like actively participate in pop culture without me feeling like i'm like one of the masses which is fine exactly but like now i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna watch house of the dragon after this um and we should definitely do a podcast on that. Yeah, um, you're like you're like uh, dispensing like the knowledge about the pop culture. Like you're like the interpreter to the masses of yeah, what people yeah. should be thinking about with Harry Potter and things like that. Instead of just blatantly consuming, which I mean, <laughs> to be fair, I also do. But you know, thinking a little bit more articulately about what we're consuming makes me feel a little better. Yeah, and I'm glad too that we're gonna be putting more emphasis into the podcast too because actually our episodes have been our episodes have been getting a lot of uh, listens lately it's because like, it's because i'm amazing i mean people exactly. read your blog for you but they come to the podcast for loomis <laughs> <laughs> i was actually listening to a couple of our like episodes a while ago and i was like a, I'm a narcissist because I just love to hear myself talk on a podcast. And B, that's a, that's a joke that we had previously made that like people come to your podcast for my opinion. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, no, we, we did make that joke. I remember. <clears throat> oh, another announcement too is that it's we're doing this podcast for Back to Hogwarts Day. Yes, Happy right? Back to Hogwarts Day. This is releasing on September first. So tell me. That's that's a good place to start. Tell me, what does Back to Hogwarts Day mean to you? Like, what, what feels do you get for that? Especially now oh, that you've I read get, the books again. I get so many feels. Um, no, it's it's a lot of... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... A, it's you're putting me on the spot. This is not what we <laughs> talked about what we were going to talk about. Um, I don't have any notes for this. Um, okay, Back to Hogwarts Day really is, is just like a... I don't know. It's like a cute little celebration of like, hey, this was a really big moment 
in our lives as children. Like Harry mm-hmm. Potter was like this event that that was ongoing through our childhood. Um, and I mean, we we had we had kind of a crazy a crazy childhood with just some like really momentous events you know like 9-11 like really shaped our our childhood and so um there were just some like really big events where like we kind of encountered like tangible evil and it's just something that like hey we had harry potter to like help kind of like help help us like understand death in a way that like i feel like previous children like didn't have yeah um and so i mean not just to dive into death right away with harry potter but um just yeah having back to hogwarts day is just like a celebration of a story that has like shaped all of our childhoods whether you read it or not like harry potter is a huge part of popular culture um whether you were allowed to read it or not um and like even the controversy of like oh like are kids allowed to read harry potter because of witchcraft you know that that even made an impact um yeah but yeah i mean it it's just it's just yeah like a celebration i think about it i remember waking up on september 1st 2017 and being like oh my gosh it's 19 years later you know like we're 19 years past the epilogue and i remember like vividly i vividly remember that september 1st but pretty much just kind of any september 1st it's just kind of like i don't know and like a pain of like oh man i kind of really wish this was real you know like i kind of (laughs) really wish that like i was on the hogwarts express on september 1st and like getting to do this and living in this world um but i mean the i mean we can always go back and that's something that i think especially the books remind us of like we can always go back and read them and apply the story to our current lives and with what's happening um and it doesn't matter if you're like in your teens or in your 20s or in your late 20s 30s like there's just always something we can apply from harry potter to our current lives and yeah and that's what back to hogwarts day means to me what about you joe <laughs> I think for me, so actually a couple things, I think for me, it reminds me a lot of school, you know, because like, <clears throat> even though school was never anywhere near as cool as uh, even college, like wasn't nearly as cool as Hogwarts or anything. Uh, I kind of thought college would be more like Hogwarts, but it really wasn't. So My college was like Hogwarts. I'm just I mean, my college saying. was somewhat like Hogwarts, but it wasn't as much fun. Um, we had to wear a uniform and everything was haunted and people i just feel like college for me was just like a lot of insomnia and a lot of like i don't know but anyways without getting into that um (laughs) so for me it brings back those feelings of like oh man remember what it was like to go to school and have this excitement of like seeing your friends again and all that stuff and then it also makes me i was just thinking about this i was talking to talking to my wife about this which is i kind of wish in some ways that i'd been a little older during the whole harry potter thing because It's like what you're talking about, how it was such a big cultural impact. But I think because we like, I don't know, I shouldn't say we because but for me, I was so young. Uh, we were we were both young, but the being young impacted me in that. Uh, like, I just kind of took it for granted. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, Harry Potter is yeah. just a thing. Like, I've, yeah, like, I mean, pretty I much wasn't allowed, was always there. I wasn't allowed to read them till I was 12. So I got like I was I came in at like the tail end of that. But you had oh, it like. Wow. Yeah, you had it through the whole thing, right? Like I did from the very beginning. Yeah, so I did pretty much. I mean, I was too young. At the, I think they came out in '96 or something like that. So I was too young then yeah, to read 97. them. Yeah, '97. '97. Okay, yeah. Um, I was a little too young to read them then, but I started reading them when the first movie came out because I was about old enough then, and then I started yeah, reading like ahead. Yeah. I think I, I think I didn't start reading the books till the second movie came out actually. But okay, yeah. But I'm just thinking, like, I was just telling my wife, I was like, man, can you imagine if instead of, like, because by the time I was 12 or 13, whatever it was, 
I think 13, the books had finished up. So that was like right before I was really getting into like the more like troubled teenage years. And I'm like, man, imagine if I had had Harry Potter through my teenage years to like look forward to and stuff. I feel like oh, that might have yeah. been kind of a, a really special thing. Whereas when you're a kid, you're a child, everything's special. So it's like Harry Potter is just one more special thing. I mean, like we had Harry Potter, we had Lord of the Rings, all this stuff. So I, I feel like if I had just been like a couple years older through all of that, I could have appreciated it more. But that's that's my only like, I guess that's the only feeling I have of like small regret because, you know, then we had the movies and stuff come out. But I don't know. It just was, you know, by the time high school was over, no, the movies were all over too. So yeah. I guess I guess the movies were kind of like the high school thing for us. Yeah, no, the movies were definitely a high school thing. And actually, Harry Potter, the seventh part two was the first like midnight premiere that my parents let me go to. Really? So yeah, because it was past curfew. But um, one of my mom's like a family friend was taking her son, her daughter, and then like all of the boys from like the local swim team were all going. And so oh, wow. I definitely like tagged along. And I like my my friend's mom made fun of me because like I cried. Like I started crying <laughs> when the Warner Brothers like like image came up to start and I had already started crying um because I you know I know it's the end you know it's like it's the end end right because like the books had already finished but this was like I remember like yeah. I, I remember thinking like as soon as the seventh part two is out like this is the end of Harry Potter and then it happened and I I I cried <laughs> yeah did you go did you go to the Cinemark in town because I also went to that that showing I did oh my gosh yeah, we, we were, were at the there. same yeah. movie theater at the same time that's I totally crazy. went to that same showing yeah that's crazy yeah <clears throat> I was actually one of the we only didn't know each other then no we didn't but that was one of the only I was wondering who that person crying was though but um, <laughs> <laughs> but um <laughs> just weeping but I, I think that was one of the only midnight premieres I went to for Harry Potter because back then it's not like now, like kids don't know anymore, probably because now for you just buy a seat to go to the theaters. But back then you had to actually get in line. Oh, you get know? in line. Remember oh that? Oh my gosh, that was that was so rough. Like it was yeah. like you we literally we got there at 8 p.m. and there had already been a line. But you know what? We might not have been in the same theater because do you remember they opened like four oh, theaters for it? You're right. We probably weren't in the same theater, but we were definitely there on the same we night. We were at the like, same place. The, yeah, the line was all the way through the mall. Like I was, I was in like the foyer waiting. Cause, yeah, you know, I remember. Yeah, that yeah. was that was crazy. I mean, and yeah, we got there at eight. We got there at eight p.m. and there were still so many people in front of us. Um, but it was like a great experience. It was like I'm I'm really glad that we like. I don't know. Just like I feel like waiting in line for it made it like more real. I don't know. Speaking like I, speaking of premieres, though, like. Another thing, too, that I don't know that kids and I don't know what's going on in like the kids literature world anymore. But um, one thing that kids today probably aren't going to ever like relate to or experience is the the, the book premieres. And that's another thing uh, that yeah. I didn't because, again, I was such a young kid and this was just normal. Like I didn't understand how special that was. And so I didn't really like, so, like I remember the seventh premiere. I didn't even really go. I just stayed home, and played video games with my friends. Well, I, I like I was yeah. like, oh, like. I just didn't get it. Like I didn't get how like this is like a Well, do you remember how phenomenon. like they were selling them in supermarkets? Like they Maybe? were selling they were selling the Harry Potter books in supermarkets and I just remember seeing like the stacks of the books. <laughs> have I have I told you about my the 7th Harry Potter book, my premiere story? No. 
So, okay. So, like, you know, they it was on July 31st of, like, 2007 or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, And that was a Saturday. And so that was the Saturday of our championship swim meet for the whole year. So my parents were not going to let me go to Albertsons at midnight to buy this book, right? Because we had a swim meet the next morning. So... Wait, wait, wait. Why were you going to Albertsons, not Barnes & Noble? Barnes & Noble was where the party was. Because Albertsons was like a block from my house. (laughs) I didn't didn't know that they were in on it, the grocery store. I thought it was just the All of the grocery stores, all of the grocery stores were selling Harry Potter. Yeah. I just remember like that's such an interesting cultural phenomenon of like this book is so big that like grocery stores are selling it. Like, okay. But anyway, so like I like... I was super upset, but my parents were like, don't worry, we'll we'll buy you the book after the swim meet, like we'll go to the swim meet, you'll swim, and then we'll get the book on the way home. And I was like, okay, I can, like, I can wait an extra 12 hours, you know, I can deal with that. And so like, you know, we rock up to the swim meet, and then after warm up, like after team warm ups, one of the team moms comes out to, and so like with swim meets, it's like a gypsy camp, you know, like think of the Quidditch World Cup, where like yeah. everyone is in like their own camps, right? Yeah. But like, because it's for an all day swim meet, and it's outside because we're in California. And a team mom came up and she's like, all right, I'm going to Save Mart to buy copies of <laughs> Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows. Who wants one? And she literally went around to every, te- like every pop-up. Like a Starbucks and, like, run. Every ca- Yeah. No, but she went to every tent and every campsite and just wrote down the number of books and then came back with like literally 35 copies of of this book and then just passed them out and you know the parents handed her cash or whatever and it was the quietest swim meet that i had ever been to <laughs> because literally every single kid was reading harry potter and the deathly yeah. Hollows. like it's it was such a cool memory to yeah. like to be a part of this like like cultural phenomenon but be a part of it with a whole bunch of other kids from the area and like literally everyone is sitting and reading like it like i remember the parents being like this is the best swim meet ever (laughs) you know because they don't have to chase their kids around right because we're literally all just sitting on the floor reading and um i think we talked about this before but i cheated and i turned to the last page and read the last sentence and then i was able to read the book because i i was so anxious that i was like i can't like i can't I need to know if Ginny, because I didn't, I knew Harry wasn't gonna die, right? Because yeah, this that was like was a big controversy. Every, but this was like for whatever Game reason, of people were like, people. This was a like lot of people were like, oh, he's gonna die. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but I, like, I just, I never really bought that as a possibility. But like, I did think that Ron and Hermione could die, and like, I did think that Ginny could die. So I was mm-hmm. like very nervous so i like turned to the last page and saw ryan ron and hermione's names and then saw Ginny's name and then saw all was well and i was like all right we're fine like <laughs> but I you didn't realize that now. fred had died <laughs> no okay we're, wait no okay we're gonna talk about that when we talk about the seventh book do you want to go okay. through and talk about our thoughts on on each of the books or how do you want to do this no well i mean i'm still kind of like i'm still kind of getting the feels for the the, the book premieres because like what you're talking yeah. about is like cultural <clears throat> phenomenon no, but like what you're talking about is like the fact that we were all so almost like so focused on the story because it was such yeah. like a big unknown that like we didn't understand like like, like again like because I I spent the next however long it took me to read the book because I don't read particularly fast so it took me a couple of days I think yeah and it, took, it did. took me like five days yeah yeah it took me I think like because I just read straight I think it took me maybe three days like it was hard yeah. work getting through that especially as a kid but um 
like I didn't understand like we were also focused on the book like we didn't understand how cool this was to, to go to a book premiere like who does that anymore like I don't think anyone goes to book premieres anymore so well I think it was a lot more common back when we were when we were younger like I feel like right now I feel like because this was pre-kindle so like if you wanted a book you had to like go to a store you know like it, it was it was definitely pre-kindle yeah. and I mean um, I mean, Twilight was the same way. I know, like, Twilight gets a bad rap, but, like, that yeah. was a really big thing where, like, people got into it and there were a lot of book, excuse me, book premieres. Um, but, yeah, I just, I feel like it's not as, like, it's not as publicized anymore, if that makes no. sense. Well, then also, like, Twilight and Hunger Games were totally just riding on that wave. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that Twilight oh, yeah. normally would have been so successful. Like well, we were all era, so though. hungry, we were like all so hungry for the next big thing that we were just like, "Oh, here's here's Twilight. Here's gonna, this is gonna fill out the void that Harry Potter left. Oh, here's Hunger Games. This is gonna fill the void." And and then I feel like eventually I mean, we realized nothing is gonna fill the void. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I mean, I I do think it is. I do think it is something about pre Kindle though. Like I I do think it is like good advertising, and I think people saw that like this worked with Harry Potter, so let's do it again. Yeah. Um. I mean, because, like, the first Hunger Games book didn't have a premiere, but the second and third definitely did, you know? Oh. So I think it's, like, maybe it's – I think it was just the era of, like, our childhood, middle school, and high school where, like, book premieres were cool because yeah. of Harry Potter. And then kind of, like, after our high school years, it just kind of, like, petered out because we have Kindle. So if you want to, like, read a book, well, it's automatically available to you and you don't necessarily – get to get up at midnight and like go to a store and like that kind of thing i don't know yeah. those are my yeah. thoughts yeah I, I, again i just i just wish i could go back and be like you know young young pre-teen joe just enjoyed the book enjoy the book launch do some of the games and stuff that you know don't go home and play video games just enjoy the moment <laughs> that's why yeah. that's what i wish i could go back and tell myself you know but it's it's over now yeah. so anyways how do you feel again so you know that we're going to talk about like Ugh. kind of the books reading them now versus when we were younger I definitely felt very differently a lot of it's nostalgia yeah. though I will say like a lot of what I get I didn't when I read them when I was a kid I didn't get nostalgia like I think I got that feeling you get in general when you're a kid where you're like man I wish life could be like this I feel like that was more the feeling I had then um whereas now it's more like it makes me super nostalgic for being a kid and like going to school and having like not that I don't have friends now but just sort of having those casual friendships you have in school but uh, what were what were what were some of your takeaways from from reading it through this time? Yeah, um, it does make me nostalgic for school. Um, but I just I'm a nerd and I really like school. <laughs> like I'm thinking about going back and getting my PhD, and that's oh, definitely nice. part of it. Is just because like I enjoy the scholastic atmosphere. You know, like I I enjoy schedules. I enjoy going to class. I enjoy yeah, kind of like that that ability to like make those casual friendships where like you show up to places and you're immediately friends with people because yeah. you're doing the same thing and you have the same interests like that. Yeah, for real. That's true. Um, but I think this time instead of I, cause I remember like really identifying with Harry as far as like making a few close friends, but then struggling with other people and being made fun of, you know, like I, I like really identified with Harry as a child with that um but now I'm rereading those and I after rereading them I feel like these maternal feelings like I feel less <laughs> that Harry is my friend and I feel more that he's like my child and I'm just I'm like can someone please protect my child from this <laughs> um, that's so funny yeah I mean 
I don't like I said, like I'm not a teacher anymore. Oh yeah, that's a big update for the listeners who were listening to me previously. I'm no longer teaching. Um but I'm working at a laboratory now, which is awesome. But yeah, um, it's been a bit since our last show, so we it has it really has. There was a lot going um, on, so we took a break. We, we Loomis there and I was both, so ha- both had a lot going things on. <laughs> oh my so. gosh, so much happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I still have those same feelings. Like I know we've talked about this before, but like I still really dislike Snape, which is like not a surprise. But like again, after reading his actions, like as an adult and like after being a teacher. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like that's like a terrible way to treat children, you know, like, like kind of having just, just more adult, like feelings about it. Um, and yeah. And just really having, cause I know we've, we've talked before and the last time we talked about Harry Potter on your podcast, I said that I'd read books one and two and I stopped halfway through book three because it was like too painful, like to keep Mm. reading. Um, but I got over myself and I finished the series. Um, but I still really think that like the Marauder story is very tragic and it kind of like, I feel like for me reading this as an adult, like the Marauder story just like kind of hangs over the rest of the series where it's just like Harry's parents sacrifice is like always in the background. Yeah. Like, and the fact that he loses Sirius so soon after just meeting him is in the background. And then, I mean, we know that Lupin dies, right? And so it's like every, every interaction with Lupin is kind of just that much more like sensitive just because you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, this, this is another person who's going to die, right? So speaking of um, Lupin, he's, he's kind of a little bit of a letdown of a character because he, especially in the, I mean, I forget. I've kind of you know I I just read the third book but I always kind of go back to the movies in my head but definitely yeah. in the movies he was, he was definitely in the books too he was a really big like figure for Harry all the, like out of nowhere when oh, Harry yeah. hadn't really had a father figure or whatever like and I think I guess probably what happens why he's not because I guess Sirius takes over that relationship right so mm-hmm. Lupin kind of fades out and Lupin never really comes back in like he doesn't come in like when Sirius dies, Lupin doesn't come and like. Well, I guess maybe because like he's not supposed to because of like the the like the spells or whatever. But well, he's not supposed to because he's like with the werewolves, right? He's like undercover, like in the movies. Yeah. Don't the movies don't do a good job with this? But like the books make it clear that like Remus can't talk to Harry because he's literally undercover with werewolves. Mm. So like the books do a yeah. lot better job. I know what you're talking about with the movies and the movies. It does make him seem like that kind of character where he's just turned in on himself, like turned yeah. in on his own grief. But like the books make it clear that like, and Remus apologizes. Like Remus tells Harry, he's sorry. He can't, he couldn't write to him more. Um, yeah. But it's literally because he's being Dumbledore's spy to the werewolves. Right. Which, yeah. um, yeah, which, which makes a lot more sense. But like, it's just it's just painful and I mean this is something if we want to talk to I have this like written down because I was kind of making notes like as I was reading the books um I just I have a lot of feelings about the fact that we we don't see Remus's death yeah well like, oh yeah no I mean it's ridiculous yeah I have a I, lot I, I hate, of I hate the way she just no offense to Rowling or anything but I, I dislike the way she kills off a bunch of people out like at once and we don't get to full like, offense full offense to jk throughout the whole book when somebody dies it's a huge deal and all of a sudden she's just like eh, dead 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 like 
and like we don't we don't there's no processing it there's no feeling it it's just sort of like it almost doesn't feel like it happens like in my head i don't really think of fred as dead honestly i don't really think of lupin as dead i just well i mean fred at least we got to see fred's death you know like at least we got to like read the dialogue between him and percy and like we got to like see fred die in the middle of a joke you know like yeah in the books that happens in the movies it doesn't yeah in the books it in the books it totally happens because percy makes a joke and fred says something like oh my gosh percy you made a joke you haven't made a joke since and then he dies Really? I uh-huh. can read that. I don't remember that. I just read it last night, so I. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little better. I'll give her. I'll give her props for that. But I, I still. Well, for Fred, of... I mean, part of it, I think she's making a commentary on war, and like that yeah. really does happen. Like you do show up yeah. and people die, and you don't get to necessarily see their deaths. But um, I just, I just have a lot of feelings about how we see every other marauder's death, but we we don't see Remus's death. Um, yeah. And I just, it's a little too clean, but it's also, it also just doesn't fit with the narrative. I mean, I think it would make more like literary sense for us to like see. I mean, cause even James, like, like Harry sees James Potter's death, like through the eyes of Voldemort, like in the seventh book. So like we, as the readers literally get to see each Marauder's death and we don't get to see Remus's and it just kind of. Maybe, I don't know, maybe she wants us to feel bad. She succeeded. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe it also just points to the weakness of the fact that she didn't really develop Lupin at all past the third book. Yeah. And so then when he dies, it's like, it's just sort of, she kind of just kills him off in the way that she treated him for the rest of the book, which is just to not really have him there. Even though he was this tremendous figure in the third book. He's such a great character. Yeah, he's such a great character. And all of a sudden he just fades out. And then he's also super, like, he shows up all weird to, um... He's like, I'm going to go on an adventure with you guys. <laughs> he, freaks, he freaks out. I yeah. mean, okay. And to be fair, like, I can see people doing that, though. Like, I think that, like, that maybe is a thing. But I also think, like, Harry, like, yells at him. <laughs> and it's, like, definitely a, yeah, I don't know. It is it is weird. And it's one of those moments where it's like, wow, Lupin, I wish you were different. Um, yeah. You seem different in the third book, but I guess you're really just kind of not really like you're not ever really there for Harry. And then no you want to run off and relive your youth with your James replacement. It's kind of yep. weird. Yeah. But what? I mean, yeah. So with that, though, do you want to go into the books in order or do you want to just hear all of my thoughts, which are a lot of thoughts? I kind of. I don't know, because for me, like I have stronger feelings about some books than others. Like the first two, like one and two. Um, I didn't really have that strong of feelings about actually. Yeah, I don't have any notes for books one and two, except for I have one note and it's sometimes I'm having a good day. And then other times I remember 11 year old Ginny waking up and finding rooster blood all over her body with no memories of what happens and no one to talk to except her diary. And I get (laughs) emotional. Like, but like, you know, again, like with Rowling, like it's these books, like you can just read them on the surface level and they're fun. Yeah. But then you like, you go like slightly deeper and you're like, oh my gosh, Ginny literally went through the JKR version of demonic possession. You know, like it's like, holy crap. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Am I allowed to cuss on this show? Because that, that deserves some cussing. But um, (laughs) like, just, just, I can't imagine like the pain and like the shame and the terror that Ginny went through and it's just terror it's just terrifying it's like absolutely 
horrific that in that an 11 year old girl would go through that and make it out i don't know those are my thoughts well you know one thing that occurred to me um and that's totally true like that's sort of very much glossed over but then and then it kind of comes up in like the fifth move the fifth book when she's like I've been through this too, Harry. And you're kind of like, oh yeah, that's right. Jenny did go through something traumatic and we didn't really pay attention to her for the next several books, you know? Yep. But yep. One thing, one thing that stood out to me, because again, I hadn't read these books, I think partly because it was such a big part of our childhood that I really kind of had to like close that door, you know? So I didn't really read yeah. these books again until this, I don't think I've read them again until this last time I read them. So No, this last time I read them was the first time that I've read them all the way through since Yes, all the way grade? through, yeah. I'd read, yeah. like, I'd listened to the recordings here and there, but um, yeah, I guess I kind of, yeah, anyways, so one thing that occurred to me, and I think obviously this is something everybody knows, which is the kids are actually emotionally a lot older than their age. Yeah. Um. And so in some ways, I think as a young adult, especially, I think, actually, yeah, like, you know, especially like if you're like in your early 20s or whatever, mid 20s and you read it, in a lot of ways, they have a lot more, you're, you can relate to them a lot better than you did when you're a kid, because they're not really going through stuff that kids go through. Like they're living on their own. They're figuring out what that looks like. They're dealing with a lot of adult stuff. So I think that was one thing that I got out of it differently this time when reading them is that, yeah, like I can relate to them a lot better than, than when I was like a child, you know? Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel that, especially as you get through books like five, six, and seven. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So what are, your, what are your thoughts on the third book then? Since uh, what, what stood out to you when reading that, the third book this time? Since that's, I, that's, my, that's my favorite book. I don't, I don't know about you, but. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, um, it is, it is really good. Um, just, I was kind of, this time reading it, I was just kind of, I was, really impressed with Hermione I think like the first time I read the books I like Hermione was there but like I I wasn't like super paying attention to her um for whatever reason I was more interested in like Harry and Ron and Ginny than Hermione which Mm -hmm. whatever um but like reading the third book I was really I books three and four I'm just like Hermione is is ruthless and I think part of it is like the, the movies the movie Hermione is so much different than book Hermione yeah um, and like book Hermione is like kind of terrifying. Like I she personally is, yeah. probably wouldn't be Hermione's friend. No. Um, she's just, she's a little bit intense. She's, in the a, books. she's a, she's borderline. Like I wouldn't quite say she's like sociopathic, but she's kind of borderline. Like she's very manipulative. She's very, like she you said, she's incredibly, she's incredibly manipulative, but she also like, she sees what she wants and she goes after it, which like I do appreciate as as like an adult woman. Yeah. Um, they kind of made her the mom in the in the movies, but she's in not the really movie, the mom in the books. She's yeah. She's so kind I of have, her own thing. I have like other thoughts. So like like in the book series, I feel like Ron has like high common sense, like medium charisma, and like low intelligence. <laughs> and like Hermione has high intelligence, medium common sense, and low charisma. And like Harry has high charisma, medium intelligence, and low common sense, which mm. like which is why when you put them all together in the books, they like work really well together because they all yeah. play off each other's strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. The problem is in the movies they made Hermione high intelligence and high common sense and high charisma. Like they gave yeah. movie Hermione literally she's everything. Like all, she's all powerful, yeah. She and, is and, all powerful. And they give and so a it's... lot of they give a lot of like Ron's lines that when he yes. whenever he actually does say something smart, they give it to Hermione yes. in the movies. Yeah. Yes. So frustrating. But um I, I like how in the third book I 
I do appreciate when Hermione punches Draco in the face because that's <laughs> that's a moment where we're all like, yes, you know. Um, but I also love how Hermione figured out Remus was a werewolf, mm. um, and didn't tell anyone because he was, you know, an actual competent teacher compared to Magic Ryan Seacrest and literal Voldemort. So like it. <laughs> Because their past two Defense Against the Dark Arts teachers were like, like Lockhart, who is like the magical version of Ryan Seacrest. And, he is you know, actually. Quirrell. I didn't thought about that. Yeah, Quirrell, who is Quirrell, whatever, who is literally being possessed by it's Voldemort. Literally Voldemort, pretty much. Literally yeah. Voldemort. So like, yeah. she realized Lupin was a werewolf, and she's like, yeah, but he can teach well. So, yeah. So let's let this let's let this slide. <laughs> I'm gonna let this slide. Um. So I got that. I that's what I got out of the third book, and then. Honestly, like, Wormtail's story really hurts me um, because just I feel like Wormtail really bought into, like, what other people were saying about him. Like, I can imagine, like, with the Marauders, like, people probably made fun of Wormtail, you know, for, like, not being as cool as Harry and James or, like, Wormtail really wanting to fit in. But, like, James would not have made Wormtail his secret keeper if he didn't actually love him, you know? like. So Sirius, James, and Remus really did love and appreciate Wormtail, but I feel like he bought into what other people said about him, um, which totally ruined him and, and, you know, made him evil. Well, you know so. that's interesting you talk about Wormtail, because there's that scene in the fifth book where, you know, Harry's, like, sees, like, Wormtail kind of chasing off, chase, chasing after James. And I kind of yeah. think that, in a way, Wormtail is sort of... It's kind of like, you know, how you're... you're, you're weaknesses get you in the end and i kind of think james's weakness was his pride and ego right and his pride and ego were why he liked he he had really had no business being friends with uh, wormtail and i don't mean that in terms of like we shouldn't be friends with certain people but in a way it's like him and sirius were equals but wormtail he was only friends with wormtail because wormtail's inferiority made him feel better about himself but then it was that Mm -hmm. friend that in the end is the reason for his downfall so it's sort of like that, that was sort of like his his like a very like visible like sign of what his problems were that eventually got him you know what i mean yeah i mean and maybe that's like more clear as like james and Sirius as like 15 year olds um but i mean they like james and lily did trust wormtail when they were like 2021 20, and i feel like maybe james is because like, and and even Sirius says that like lily didn't go out with james until his like arrogance settled down a little bit um, so maybe it like started, I don't know. I would say maybe it started off that way, but then yeah. I feel like James did grow to love Wormtail and like off screen. Like, <laughs> off, well, I mean, yeah, we don't see it. I mean, there's yeah. so much of the Marauders that we don't see. Yeah. Um, but I mean, just, I, I feel like James and Lily wouldn't have made Wormtail their secret keeper. But if they didn't but trust then him on like a deep level. They also say, I'm not sure how much I trust Lupin. Cause one thing you were saying that, that occurred to me is, um, like you remember how like yeah Lupin's like oh he got better like don't don't feel like don't feel like your dad was always like that but then they're like yeah he he stopped cursing Snape whenever Lily was around right like basically the meaning like he would still curse Snape behind her back <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of hard to tell know if like did James ever really get to be you know better in that area you know he was pretty he, even when he died he was still pretty young i know that like in the worsening world kind of we're talking about like the kids are all emotionally older so probably 21 in the wizarding world is probably more like i don't know 30 in our world or something like that yeah but. i mean and that's kind of what i was thinking too like in the wizarding world there's no college like it's it's just like 
So maybe kids just grow up a lot faster. I mean, and I can imagine like the ability to have magic. Like I feel like that would you'd have to grow up faster. Yeah. Um, no, I definitely think so that like an 18-year-old wizard is like a college graduate. Like a, like you know, a, like a like a wizard leaving Hogwarts is a maturity age of uh like, a like one of us. Old. Yeah, like one of us leaving leaving college, yeah. So yeah no i mean and, and the problem is like that's something that like we don't know and we have to rely on like head cannons for you know like there's yeah. like there's so much like unknown and we like and yeah we can talk about like the unreliability of sirius and remus as narrators um but i mean it's 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 one of those things where it's like okay we don't actually we don't actually know because the only time we hear about james from we hear about james from like hagrid barely but then we hear about james from remus and sirius and we don't really hear about them from anybody else yeah um which is kind of frustrating like i feel like maybe if like professor mcgonagall would have told harry about like james and sirius that would have been a more reliable narrator but we just don't have that like we just don't have that information he was i mean he he also if you think about it i know know that you don't like snape for good reasons but he also, I mean, in a way, he's the reason Snape is the way he is. I mean, I don't know that anybody else was going out of their way to bully Snape, right? So that we know, but again, that we know of, right? Like because yeah. we don't have, we don't have any other, we don't have any other like narrator, like we don't have any other narrators. So it's, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like yeah, you could be right, but also like we just we don't know. Um, James is a mixed bag. I, th- I just definitely he think he's. I He's a, like, I don't know. He was a, he was a good guy in some sense and then definitely had some shortcomings. And I, and I, I do think that, and maybe, maybe the whole, the whole, uh, Pettigrew, Peter Pettigrew thing wasn't, maybe he, like you said, maybe he did grow to love him. Maybe that wasn't really like, you know, I guess me making that jump is kind of a big jump because there's a lot that happens from the, what we see in the fifth movie to his eventual betrayal of him. So I guess we don't really know what that looked like. But, yeah. Right, and the problem is, like you just said, like we don't have any other narrators to tell us mm-hmm. what happened. Like you know, like we don't like even when Remus and Sirius talk about James, they only talk about him up to seventh year. You know, like yeah. they don't they they don't say what they were what they were like like after seventh year. Um, yeah, and I mean, as you know, like getting married matures a person. You know, like and having a child matures a person, right? So, yeah. Like, oh yeah. Good point. Like, and James and Lily had Harry for over a year before they died. So like, like we he don't went, know. They went through a lot from the time of the from the time of that that scene we see of them to like the graduating book, Hogwarts, yeah. working for because you know again they're older because they graduated at seventeen. By the time they're twenty one, they've already been working for years. So that's like the equivalent yeah. of somebody here and their later. You know, people here if they graduate at twenty four, which is kind of like common now, right? Um, yeah. If they're 28 by that, you know, that's a big difference, 28 or 26, you know, so they've already had some work experience, had a kid. So you're totally right. He, he probably did change a lot, but I still think he had, he always had a bit of a, he probably always had a bit of a mean streak, you know, I would imagine. Well, I mean, and, and the thing is like teenagers are mean, like yeah. not, not to like, not to like excuse teenage bullying, but like, I mean, when I was teaching high school, like that's just part of it. Like high schoolers are mean like it, it's yeah. it's like part of growing up and trying to figure out your own brain and trying to figure out your own ability to use words yeah like it's, it's it's this thing where like and like again not to excuse bullying but like it's that's part of growing up is like 
sometimes like you're mean and you have to figure out like, oh, I'm a bad person. And then you change, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like, it's that, it's that whole thing. But, um, and they, they did also yeah. say that Snape gave it back just as good as James dished it out. So maybe it wasn't, maybe Snape sees himself as the victim, but maybe it really is really more of like a Draco Harry situation if if draco and harry had never got resolved what they were with you know i feel yeah. like draco and harry did resolve it eventually because harry harry well, ultimately I mean, is harry different harry saves draco's life yeah which is which is a really good parallel to james saving snape's life that's true yeah. so and that's what harry thinks is why snape protects him is until he realizes the truth he thinks it's because james saved his life that one time when really that's not the reason in the end i'm right? so upset i'm so upset it's fine <laughs> I'm so pissed off. Why? Whatever. Because, okay, that's, well, are we going through the books or are you just going to have me jump around and tell you things that I've written down? Uh, jumping around is probably more how my brain's working right now. Just it's, okay, it's we're like jumping we've seen around. The whole, so we've seen the, we see I, the whole thing in, in front of us right now, you know? Yeah, okay, so there is no mention of Snape regretting having joined the Death Eaters. His only regret is that he, like, from the narrative, the narrative his only regret is that he told Voldemort about the prophecy which resulted in Lily's death like that yeah. is like his only regret to Dumbledore he doesn't regret that he was in the dark arts he doesn't regret that he joined the Death Eaters in the first place his only regret is that he told Voldemort about the prophecy that resulted in Lily's death which like implies that if the long bottoms would have died he wouldn't have given the incident a second thought oh yeah well, I do think though that it's kind of like actions speak louder than words, you know? And I think that's definitely the case with Snape that he never really says, he never really says that he renounces Snape. He never really goes, oh, sorry, he doesn't ever, that he renounces Voldemort. He doesn't really ever go and like say anything really, but he, the way he acts from that day forward is definitely somebody who, he acts like somebody who deeply regretted his life and his choices, right? So Right, but I mean, but he doesn't act that, he acts that way towards Dumbledore, he acts that but way he, privately. Yeah. He's he acts that, yeah. that way privately and he doesn't act yeah. that way towards Harry. And the thing no. is, like, I honestly, like, so rereading, so I, I read this last night. I had a moment where I'm like, okay, I would have forgiven Snape if he had come to care for Harry, who he is as an individual person mm. and not as a Lily's son. Because even, like, the end of Snape's life, you know, he says, like, look at me, right? But he's looking into Lily's eyes. He's not yeah. looking into Harry's eyes. No, he doesn't, he doesn't and, like, care about Harry. He doesn't care about Harry. He doesn't ask Harry for forgiveness. However, Dumbledore does. However, doesn't hold he? Hold on, hold on. Dumbledore <laughs> asks Harry for forgiveness. Like at the King's Cross scene, Dumbledore yeah. explains that he's wrong. He asks Harry for forgiveness for how he's handled things. And Dumbledore like accepts the fact that maybe he didn't handle things in the best way. Phenomenal. Like, <laughs> and maybe that's like part of like Snape's dying. And so he didn't get to say it, which is like yeah. the only thing that I can think of. But like, the thing is that like, e like that even chapter, like where, where Dumbledore is like, oh, even after all this time and Snape says, oh, always, you know, it's like, okay, yeah. part of being an adult is understanding that like, sometimes people don't return your feelings. Yeah. And, and just this idea that like, you can be resolved for the bad things that you've done because of an unrequited love. Like it doesn't really hundred percent sit right with me because it's like the part of like life is being able to move on from that. And like part of being mature is to be able to like let go of your past and let go of relationships in the past that didn't work. 
and Snape just seems to hold on to this this like unrequited love for Lily without and then hating Harry because he like quote unquote reminds him of James even though <laughs> Dumbledore continually reminds Snape that like Harry actually acts more like Lily yeah. than he does like James but Snape can't see it because Snape is just blinded by his hatred for James and I don't know like there's I have a I have a lot of feelings but like as an adult okay if you were bullied by someone and then that person had a kid like as an adult it's your responsibility to like grow up a little bit and like not treat that kid for the sins of his father you know like yeah but you know what one theme I'm seeing here with every person we're talking about is this whole thing of like it's kind of weird because Harry's kind of like perfect in the books. I mean, I know he's not really perfect, but he Dumbledore himself says that like, you're the only person who's truly pure of heart basically. Yeah. Um, which is kind of weird. I'm not sure I would necessarily describe him that way, Harry that way. But I think the, the theme here is like all these people, there's, they're, they're not, none of them are perfect people. Like that's like yeah. the theme. Like Snape doesn't like, he, I think that people like to hero worship Snape. That's probably like what, like what you're like, what you get kind of annoyed with. I would imagine. That's just what pisses me <laughs> off. Joe. <laughs> but like, I just, so I get it. But so I think that's the problem. But otherwise he's just a mixed bag, like big time. And he, and he honestly yeah. is much more on the bad side than he is on the good side. He just has this, he's kind of mostly bad and has this really good streak that you kind of can't really deny. Whereas James is mostly is good, but he kind of has, has a bad streak. Kind of has a bad streak, right? So, and then Dumbledore yeah. is this really powerful person who's like has has a great role in the Wizarding World. Then he's also really bad too. So it's like it's weird. And then you have somebody like Voldemort who's really just a hundred percent bad. Really doesn't have anything good. So yeah. it's a, it's weird. It's a, it's the I think that we tend to think of Harry Potter as being a battle of good versus evil, but when we actually pay more attention to it it's really not it's really uh i mean it is a battle of good versus evil but it's um it's very like shakespearean almost i just I, you know it's not that on that level but like the, the characters are very intricate i guess is what i'm trying to say i yeah no i agree with you and i also think i mean we kind of talked about it when we said like ron hermione and harry like they all have like they have flaws but like when you put them together they're pretty much unstoppable and i think that is definitely one of the themes of the of the books and like that's something that i wrote down too it's just like i have a lot of feelings about like friendship and about how like you need to surround yourself with people who have different strengths and weaknesses than you do so that way like you can all work together to be better like right like that I feel like is like the general thing and I feel like maybe that's where the marauders went wrong right where like James and Sirius were very similar and they had the same strengths and the same weaknesses and Remus wasn't courageous enough to like correct their weaknesses and Peter Pettigrew also wasn't courageous enough to correct their weaknesses so like their friend group fell apart whereas Harry Ron and Hermione work together and they're all like they're all brave enough to like confront each other on the issues right like I'm thinking about like in the fifth book when Ron and Harry are like talking about like oh why was Cho crying when she kissed Harry and Hermione was like just because you have the emotional range of a teaspoon like (laughs) iconic right but like we're we have that idea where like this friend group is willing to work together to like help each other be better um and you see that from the very first book like you see that from when they're trying to get the sorcerer's stone right like they all have to use their strengths and weaknesses um to get the stone and yeah it's just i feel like those are those are just really huge themes um 
throughout the books. And, uh, yeah. And and I, I don't know. It made me, it makes me really, it makes me really like nostalgic for friends. (laughs) Yeah. Not that I don't have friends. And I'm like, so for the listeners, I just moved, I just moved to Maryland. And so like, I'm trying to make friends. Like my coworkers at work are great, but we're still at that level where it's like, we see each other for eight hours a day, but we're (laughs) not necessarily like friends yet. Yeah. Um, and so I'm trying to do new things, right? Like I'm actually, I'm joining an amateur rugby league. Oh, you'll be great at that. So I'm going to play rugby. My first practice is on Tuesday. I'm kind of concerned because my parents are like, oh yeah, go do it. Have fun. And I'm like, shouldn't <laughs> you guys be kind of worried that I'm like playing rugby? Like, and my parents are just both like, <laughs> yeah, like my parents are like, no, nah, do it. Have a great time. And I'm like, okay. Um, but yeah, just like I like having those friendships that like where you can go through anything together and like literally defeat evil. Like, yeah, yeah. I just feel like that is such a big theme in Harry Potter where like friendship is so, so, so important. And you even see that with the two main couples, right? With like Ron and Hermione and Harry and Ginny, like they're all friends first. Like they all have this, like they're, they're true friends first before they move on to a romantic relationship. And I feel like that's something that's really missing in popular culture right now. Yeah. Um, like I think of Bridgerton, like, I don't know if you've seen Bridgerton, but I'm like really pissed off about the second season of Bridgerton. We can talk about that later, but, um, (laughs) it's just totally lacking that idea that like you need to be friends with your romantic partner for it to Mm, work out. And, um, that's something that Harry Potter does really well. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the friendship thing is, and I, I think that I feel like honestly, I feel like what we've talked about on this, I almost feel like we should maybe do another like another follow up podcast where we go through the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. You know what I mean? Because I feel like yeah. what we've talked about so far, like I feel like we've gotten some really good points about the story, especially up to. I feel like we've done a really good job talking about it up through the third book. You know, because it changed. I mean, and then me complaining about Snape because you yeah. brought up Snape, so of course I'm gonna. <laughs> but I mean. That's all tied in with the third book. So I feel like we've this has almost turned into like a podcast about the third book, which is great. And I feel like maybe we should just because the, the the themes change a lot after this, you know. So I feel they like we do, almost should yeah. like talk, maybe do like another another episode or a couple episodes, kind of going through some of the themes in the later books. But yeah, I'm I do down I do that. think that the the friendship thing that's definitely one of the core themes, and and it's definitely especially as, uh, tying back into what we're talking about, like looking back on it as older older people, not that we're old, but you know. Older young adults, you know. Older young adults, yeah. Like, we don't, for the most part, most people don't have friends like that anymore at this age. I mean, you still have them out there somewhere, but you're not living life with them. Like, you have, some of us have families or, you know, maybe we we have, like, a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever. But, like, we're not living life side by side with our buddies anymore, like, going to classes and whatever. So, I guess that is, like, I mean, and even, even, like, you, me, and Michaela, like, I used to have Michaela over literally all the time for parties and like lunch and and whatever but then you know like as as older young adults like our our jobs pull us apart right and we're that is something that's so intriguing about harry potter i think is is because of their one of their ability like the ability to do magic and to like how do you say i don't know how to say it apparate yeah yeah yeah, apparate yeah and your ability to apparate and like also the thing is like they all kind of live within like the same region means yeah. that like like Ron, Hermione, Harry and Ginny get to see each other all the time. Right. Like they're literally yeah. they get to live with each other and that it, like not in the same house, but like in the same region. And that is something that I think is se- like seriously missing in our culture. 
um, this ability to like live life with your really good friends that you've known from childhood. Like that just doesn't, that just doesn't happen. Like you don't get to live your life with your childhood friends. And that is something that I feel most deeply about after finishing the Harry Potter series is just that like we can have friends, but they're like scattered across the country and I can't apparate to go see them (laughs) on the weekends. You know, that brings one thought to mind. I think like kind of like one final sort of thought, you know, for me, which is that because you're talking about how like they still get to be friends even after they leave school. You know, I'm sure it still looks different for them and they probably feel similarly, but like they still get to be friends. They live in this sort of small community. They can see each other whenever. But um, it reminds me of the fact because we're still talking about like the Marauders and everything that the their parents and their parents generation were so broken up by the war um and that, that was something that actually rowling said i read somewhere about like why why are there so few kids at hogwarts and she actually said well people were under so much terror and getting like killed and they weren't having kids so harry's yeah. generation i think maybe we talked about this like i think it's, it's harry's year actually sorry it's harry's year because that was that was those that was the year of kids who were parents were going through all of that so like it's almost like they can have the life that the marauders and all of that couldn't have because that was their their lives are really like riddled with misery like you know they were in jail or they were werewolves and ostracized or whatever or like it's kind of like they got like Harry's Harry's generation gets to kind of break that cycle a little bit which I don't I don't exactly know what Rowling's point is about that but it's interesting that it's sort of there. Yeah. I mean I I think it just it also talks about I think it talks about like for lack of a better word, like generational trauma where like if something happened in your parents' generation, like it's going to affect your generation. Yeah. Um, and I just, yeah, I just definitely feel like that's like a, that's like a thing. I mean, we can look back and I mean, my parents are older. I think my parents are in their like mid to late sixties. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, I mean like we can look back and like, I know my dad looks great he for looks being super young, 65. I, know. <laughs> I really hope I get my aging genetics from him. Cause actually, looks... I saw your dad walking his dog the other day, actually. Not hey, yeah. next time just roll down the window and like yell at him and say hi. But, um, yeah, no. So, uh, I mean, we can clearly see like things that have affected our parents' generation, like will affect us. Yeah. Um, and that is, I mean, that's obviously another theme in Harry Potter, right? Like how, like how our parents like react and how our parents grew up affects us, right? Like probably one of the reasons that Molly Weasley is so almost overbearing towards her sons and daughter, um, is because she lost her two brothers. Yeah. Like yeah. two of her brothers died fighting Voldemort, you know? And so it's, and, and that is something going back to like what I've like felt rereading the books as an adult, I paid a lot more attention to the background deaths. Mm. Um, like just the fact that like Ted Tonks died in the fifth book or in the seventh book, like, yeah. like, yeah, he was murdered, you know, it, where it was like, I, I definitely didn't pick that up as a seventh grader or like, I didn't care as much. Um, but now that I'm an adult, like it's, it's, it's like, I can like, I just, I see the death, like, cause, cause as a, as a seventh grader, it just reading them, like the, the deaths didn't really make any difference to the storyline. So like, I didn't really care about it. And now I'm just like, oh my gosh, like that was someone's father. That was someone's brother. That was someone's son that, you know, like, um, yeah, I just kind of like that, but I don't know if any of that made sense, but <laughs> those are my <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's and that's uh back to hogwarts day people uh, on the on the on all of those light notes <laughs> oh my gosh you're ending it on death okay hold on so on a lighter note i feel like books one two and three are definitely children's stories um three a little bit not so much though eh? like well three, three, three i feel like okay because the dementors yeah. One and two, one and two are definitely children's stories, full of it. As long as you don't think about Ginny Weasley and her <laughs> demonic possession, yeah, they're yeah. definitely children's stories. Book three, it starts to get real, but there's still that element of like childhood yes. whimsy. Oh yeah, and like joy of discovery and wonder. Yes, uh huh. Yeah. So I mean, stay tuned to find out what we feel about books four, five, six, and seven. I love it. I guess I don't know. How do you want to end it, Joe? No, I love it. That's exactly right. Let's let's do the let's okay. do the next sort of like how things how we feel about the next ones kind of especially being older because I definitely noticed some things differently. So that'll be interesting and yeah, appreciate too. appreciate you joining Loomis again, our our veritable co host. So it's, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to stay now. You can't get rid of me. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll probably say something and she'll be like, no more. <laughs> <laughs> he'll I'm compliment done. Snape. He'll compliment Snape too many times and then I'll just walk off. Thank you.